360 Biz on cliffcentral.com. It is indeed 360 Biz. My name is Tabo Mafori. Welcome to another exciting installment of 360 Biz. Today we're talking about one of my most favorite things, uh, being public, speaking, or the speaking of business. Eh? What, what are we talking about, Bulanan? <laughs> you see this headache of yours it's starting yeah. to affect me now. Nah. <laughs> um we discussing the the business of speaking. Okay. And we I didn't see it any fitter or better than to get the gentleman that we have in studio and you guys will be introduced to him late, uh, later on in the show. Because I mean it was inspired by the show that we had last week. Yes, I, I mean we, yeah, this was inspired by the show that we had last week where we had different guys saying that they speak and different guys deeming themselves the best and number one. And we had to get, <laughs> <laughs> we had to get the best to come into studio to educate a little bit. Because I mean, we've got a lot of guys running around, mm-hmm. you know, wanting to speak. You know, um, uh, we've got a lot of guys running around thinking that they can't speak. And this is one gentleman who I've observed and noted that, you know, there are technicalities to speaking and you will be educated about today. Mm-hmm. And you, uh, I'd like to think that guys will walk away better. Entrepreneurs out there would walk away better in terms of presenting themselves at escos, at new clients and all that stuff. They'll be able to close more deals. So yeah, man, I'm happy I'm, about today. But Bulelan, it's interesting that me and you are in the business of speaking. You know, <laughs> and, and here we are today. I mean, we, we, we're going to get educated. And, and more than anything, I think one thing that we need to note, um, to all the listeners out there listening today at Cliff Central is that we've got different sets of speakers. Um, I mean, we, we, we've got the likes of, um, you know, our guests in studio that we're going to be definitely introducing. And we've got, you know, um, Thought leadership speakers. We've got subject matter experts, um, like one of our guests, um, that's going to be joining us on the show all the way from Cape Town. And we've got a young generation speaker as well that's going to be joining later on the show. But I'm, I'm sure people are actually wondering to say, uh, who are these guests that uh, we're not mentioning their names? And, and I think it's a surprise, eh? Is, is it a surprise? But what is it? <laughs> yeah, it's an overwhelming surprise. It's, a, it's, it's an overwhelming surprise. Yeah. Eh? yeah, I think more than anything, for all those that are listening, you're allowed, you're allowed to join in on the discussion. You can call in our student, and it's 0861 We're on Twitter as well. Our Twitter handles at cliffcentral.com. We're on Facebook as well. Our Facebook page is cliffcentral. We're on WeChat as well. Our WeChat ID is cliffcentral. If you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at Debohoma 40. And if you want to follow my boy Bulelani, it's at Bulelani Bala. Uh, is that Twitter? Bulelani Bala on Instagram. Bulelani Bala. Bulelani Bala on Facebook. Is it Bulelani Bala Bala on Facebook? <laughs> Guys, you, you, you must keep consistency. <laughs> but anyway, we're going to be hearing from the legend himself. I mean, more than anything, without wasting any time, I think let's read, read right straight to our discussion. What do you think about that? Yeah, definitely. Let definitely. me take this moment. In fact, no, let me not introduce him. Let him introduce himself. Drum roll. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, let me take uh, the, the opportunity of opening up the mic for the gentleman to introduce himself. Tell us, say hi to our listeners. Tell us who you are and what is it that you do. We're going to be posting a whole lot of pictures um, on social media, a whole lot of pictures on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You're allowed to join in the discussion. Definitely, this is an exciting um, discussion that we're going to be having. And we want to be taking questions as well from some of you that are listening out there. If ever you want to be asking our guests some of the questions, definitely hit us up on Twitter, on Facebook, or even on Instagram. We'll definitely uh, send through those questions for your behalf. Over to you, sir. Hi, good afternoon, guys, and good afternoon to your listeners. It's quite an honor to be here at Cliff Central. It's the second time I've been here, and my name is Billy Selekane. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Selekane, before we, we, we actually um, I mean, get um, in, into, into our discussion, um, okay, maybe before I ask that question, do you want to tell our listeners um, who you are and what is it that you do? Because I know there's people that are wondering, who's this yeah. Billy guy? Um, that that um, everyone is so excited about to have in studio. Well, I, I I refer myself as a hope merchant. I'm the guys that sell hope, not only sell hope, but give people the tools of actualizing hope into actions and get results to transform their lives. And I do that by speaking to people. And when I'm saying speaking, I'm not saying just standing and speaking. You know, actually, at some point in time when I was in the U.S., one guy came to me and said, you know, We've never had a speaker that has the power, had such power to connect with our intellect and our heart. I said, wow, thank you very much. He said, you know, to me, you reminded me of this movie called The Horse Whisperer. I said, why? He said, because you 
you I could call a human whisperer hmm. because you spoke and got to us in ways that not many people have the ability to do. And I thought, wow, that's very cool. So, you know, this human whisperer thing, it seems to be growing in me. But unfortunately, I'm not the one that would say, you know, this is who I am. I would rather have the people who experience me put it up there about how they experience me because, you know, I'm in, in, the, in the midst of us achieving great things, I still believe that humility is an Afrocentric virtue and great leaders like, you know, the late Dr. Holly Sultan Nelson Mandela mm-hmm. became a world-renowned leader because of his humility. He could do absolutely amazing things, but he was never flippant about it. He was never arrogant about it. He understood this one profound truth that each and every one of us is a gift and that gift doesn't belong to you. It give, belongs to those that it will affect. Not. So, you know, that's how I see things. Hmm. <laughs> and what you're saying, um, I mean, um, in that discipline, it's so true because it's all about branding. You know, branding is, yep. uh, it's what, it's not what you say about yourself. It's what people say, but about it's you. what people say about you. Absolutely. So I think it's a definite, uh, I mean, situation. But then I want to, what are people saying about you, dude? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starstruck. <laughs> Always, um, um, I'd, I'd love to think that, um, they think I'm efficient. Okay. Um, I inspire them. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, like, I'd like to think, um, I don't know. Yeah, man. Good things. I yeah. hope it's good things. Yeah. What are people yeah. saying about you? Um, <laughs> okay, uh, I've I've heard a couple of things. Um, you know, I'm I've heard people say I'm brilliant. Um, I've heard people say I'm authentic. Um, and it's kind of, it's kind of some of the things that I've kind of tried to to live by to to remain authentic and to remain true to 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 myself. In terms of the brilliance, I think I'm still working on. Mm. Um, I'm not uh, one to blow my horn to say, you know what, um, I'm the it or the kind, but I know that I constantly want to grow myself and definitely, um, improve myself. Um, so that is like an SSU in the business of speaking. Obviously, mm. you've done this for many years. Yeah. 18 uh, years to be exact. 18, yeah. 18 years. Yeah. <laughs> and, still, so, and still learning, you know, yeah. it's, a, it's a journey. We learn. Sure. So now tell me, what, what, what's the importance of, of intro? Cause I, I hear they say it's important how you introduce yourself. Yeah. Um, so I know I want to ask this question before we actually introduce um, our next guest, <laughs> so that at least she has tips on to <laughs> the importance of introducing yourself. I I don't doubt that she's good, but mm-hmm. I want to hear that from you though. Well, you know, when it comes to introduction, there are a couple of ways that we can look at it. You know, what what are you introducing? Are you introducing you as a person? Are you introducing the subject, or are you trying to create a connection with your audience? And one of the fascinating things is one of the most significant or the number one powerful man on planet Earth who rules America or who's the leader of America, his name is Barack Obama. And when they, they introduce him, they don't say he's been at this and he's done APC and they just mm-hmm. say, ladies and gentlemen, Barack Obama, they, you know. So I believe that, you know, I've got an intro video when I do my keynotes and sometimes I feel like, mm, maybe I don't want to play the video. Maybe I just want to go in there and just connect with people. Yeah. And what I find fascinating is when I decide not to play for the, when I play the video, people become, oh, they become starstruck, you know? And then I'm thinking, ah, you know, they're now just, you know, basking in the kind of starstruckness, you know? But had I not played the video, how would the, the reception would have been? Ooh. And in many instances, Ooh. I've actually abandoned the video and abandoned the PowerPoint and I said, you know what? Today it's about connecting. Hmm. And when I connect with people, I get to the human whisperer thing becomes more powerful than it was. It could have been if I'd been introduced with these big razzmatazz. Mm-hmm. So I think you've got to you've got to make a choice, but that choice has to be around what you've just said, authenticity. How you know? Remember, it's always about perception and reality, mm-hmm. and perception can be managed. You know, and and a fascinating thing about perception is people have got a certain perception about you. You either proving them the right or proving them wrong. You either in defense or in attack. So mm-hmm. it's it's there is no prescriptive way of doing it, and it depends on which audience you're speaking to. When you're speaking to the corporate, you're speaking to a seminar. You know, audience who's speaking to students, who's speaking to, to, you know, le- low level employees like guys on the, on the, on the ground. Mm-hmm. So it depends on who the audience is and what the message is because I believe that each and every audience will respond to your message differently. Oh, yeah. And as a speaker, it's your responsibility to understand the kind of language and emotion that they find themselves in when you go and speak to them mm-hmm. so that you are able from, from just getting on stage to connect with them. Wow. Because I'll give an example in some instances, especially in the US, mm-hmm. when, the speaking engagement that you have, you got it through a speaker agency yeah. or the president of the company this year has brought you in. The tradition is to thank them before you do a keynote. 
Oh, yeah. You know, so that you, you do this thing called edification. You edify them and you honor them for bringing you in that environment because without them, you couldn't have been there. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you go to an environment where it's a high-charged environment, you know, like this multi-level marketing uh, environment yeah. where it's like high energy. And when you get in there, you can't be saying, I'm thinking this, I'm, you're killing the mood. Yeah. So you've got to get in there and just pump it and take it to that level that they want because <laughs> all different audiences respond differently based on the set of, of their mind, where they are and how they came to the environment that they're interacting with you. Hmm. No, I will continue with the discussion. <laughs> <laughs> it's very educational. Let, 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 let me go to a different set of speaker. Um, Bulelane, this woman, is, is she's quite amazing. Um, I mean, I know her since um, 2013 now. And, and I mean, she's been brilliant in, 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 in what she does. And, and, but she's a, she's, she's a market leader type of speaker. She's a, she's a, a subject matter expert. Um, you know, within a unique, um, I mean, um, sector, um, that, that mainly we interact with. I mean, I'm actually speaking, Bulana is on his phone, social and media ring and twittering and whatever. <laughs> You'll see the videos. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, and the interesting thing is that the speaker that I'm talking about, she's actually in that space. Um, of social media. Let me not actually um, spoil her introduction. Let me give her an opportunity to say hi to our listeners and tell us who she is and where, what is it that she does. How are you, ma'am? Hello? Good afternoon. Hey, good afternoon. How are you, Jackie? I'm doing fantastically. And yourself, Kaboho? No, I'm good, thanks. Do you want to take this opportunity to say hi to our listeners, tell us who you are and what is it that you do? I'd love to. Thanks very much. My name is Jackie Macro Wilson and I represent Go Social SA and I am a brand builder and a connector. A brand builder and a connector. I like that. Yeah, I continue. So I have a background in education. I was a teacher for a number of years, but I've always had an entrepreneurial vein running through me and Happened to get into business and found myself working in the online and digital space. And that's where I've been for almost the last seven years now and really enjoying it. Love it. Love building brands. Love helping business owners to connect with their audiences in the online space. Wow. No, it, it, it's actually amazing. We, we, we must actually take you on, uh, on a challenge to, to, uh, to, to work on, on, on mine that the Silicon is brand, eh? Yeah. <laughs> That'll be amazing. Definitely. <laughs> it's, it's really an honor to be with you and, and listening to what you were saying, Billy, um, it resonates strongly with me because, uh, it's all about that connection and, and audiences, people fundamentally are the same where you're standing in front of an audience and speaking to them and making that connection, I am representing brands and businesses online and using conversation to make those connections just using digital tools. So it's a very similar thing. And it's all about that emotional um, resonance with people because, like you say, when their heart and their intellect join forces and connect with you, then you have something very special that happens. Absolutely, absolutely. Hmm. So now, now tell me, I mean, um, Jackie, you, you are a different set of speaker. You're more like a teacher. You're more yes. like a facilitator. I mean, you educate, uh, people about, I mean, um, the, the ins and the outs of social media, the trends and how to better use social media. I mean, what type of speaker do you call yourself? Look, I do workshops and training. So that's where my public speaking experience really comes into play. I've never really built myself as a professional speaker. I believe that people who are in that class, people like Billy, that's a totally different class. That's where your profession is uh, speaking. And I, I, I use speaking simply as one of the tools in my toolbox. So subject matter or thought leader is, is more of a description that would fit me. And really the topic that I speak to is obviously digital marketing. So mm. that's that's really very specific, you know. I, although I love the way Billy, Billy, I have to compliment you. Being a a, a purveyor of hope, what did you call yourself? I love that. I'm that's a hope merchant. Hope merchant. Yes. In other words, a purveyor of hope. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. Thank really, you. Really, really fantastic. Right. But no, I, I'm more in in the in the in the business of helping to teach people, and that's where the speaking comes into play. Hmm. So now, I mean, uh, but obviously, you you've been exposed to to quite a number of 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 speakers. Um, obviously, um, within within the business that you do, 
and um, motivational speakers and the likes. Um, I mean, in your own um, personal, I mean, perception or opinion, um, is it is it is it people that would you say is the certain type of value that they bring to the community? Definitely. Um, you know, the thing is, every single one of us has a message for the world, and it comes across in different ways, whether you're conscious of it or not, right? And and I think that's we won't even get into the branding elements there, but we've all got a message. And the the people who are not afraid to hone their skills and to really polish their public speaking ability are able to convey that message in a much better way. So they're better at making connections, they're better at transferring information that's valuable to their listeners, and so that is how they really deliver the value. And that's why I think it's 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 a very necessary skill to work on. I mean, from from early childhood, we're teaching our youngsters to be able to stand up in the classrooms mm-hmm. and deliver an oral presentation. And I think you know, the importance of that from an early age is, is it, it can't be overemphasized. I myself always took part in public speaking and debating and was encouraged by my parents to really get involved with that sort of thing because they knew they were both entrepreneurs and they knew that further down the line that was a skill that was only going to stand me in good stead. And I'm sure that um, anybody today who really wants to make strides in mm-hmm. their own niche will invest time and energy and practice mm-hmm. into developing their ability to speak in front of a crowd without fear and and nerves taking over and just completely debilitating you. Yeah. So maybe coming back uh, to to Ndadasilikana, how does one start? Because um, right now you've been in this business for years. Yep. Um, and I mean... Um, Okay, I've been fortunate to, to be exposed to, to how you started. Bulelan, do you know how that is like started? I'd be interested to know. <laughs> is it? Maybe, let, maybe, maybe let's, let, 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 let's take it there. Jackie, wouldn't you like to know how that is like started? I love hearing people's stories. So yeah. please, please share it. <laughs> okay. Jackie, you're getting me to be put on the spot. You're conspiring <laughs> with these young people here. I can't deny it. Well, you know, my start was quite different because I was born with a gift of art. And I've always thought I'd become a professional artist like Salvador Dali, not like Picasso, die and be famous. I wanted to be famous while I'm alive, make the money while I'm alive. And Mm. I tried to study art at UNISA. And unfortunately, because of lack of funds, I could not finish. And I'd like to qualify this. You know, me, Steve Jobs and Bill Gates, we did not drop out of university. We left university. So, you know, we've got to qualify some things. You know, (laughs) We we did not drop, we left. So when I left university, because all my life I've always been an entrepreneur. I've always had a business that failed or succeeded for two weeks and then failed. So I've always been trying stuff, you know, like, you know, we are the old school hustlers who defined the word hustle. Mm. And and one day I attended a, a business seminar. And in this business seminar, it was the first time that I had, I had an exposure of somebody standing on stage and speaking. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was absolutely, absolutely inspired. And the fascinating thing is I had what's called an out-of-body experience. I felt like I was this guy and this guy was me. And mm. it was just like crazy. And, and I did not know how to describe this thing mm-hmm. that this guy was doing. Yes. But deep down in the ebb of my heart, I knew that this was, this was what my life should be about. I must be the guy that stands in front and inspires people. Now, here's the fascinating thing. How do you stand in front of people and inspire people if you yourself are not inspired or your life is a mess? Mm-hmm. So I then said to myself, well, I've got to fix my life first, you know, mm-hmm. and life takes over. You go all kind of different directions. But that bug, that kind of being the merchant of hope had bitten me. Mm-hmm. And no matter how many times I tried to run away from it, it just kept following me. And then eventually, I, I, I you know, I, I started buying tapes. You know, I don't know if you guys know tapes. I, yeah, I was the cassettes. No, don't worry. You're from the right generation. I'm from that generation. You know, I started listening to people like Zig Ziglar, Les Brown, Jim Rowan, you know, Brian Tracy, you name them. And as mm. I started consuming their content, I felt compelled to share this content with people around me. Hmm. Now, when you speak about success, surely there's this integrity question, you know, why you and why this topic? Mm-hmm. So it was always, each time I spoke and inspired people, people said, but hey, you're struggling like us, Charlie. You know, why are you telling us <laughs> we're going to become successful? You, my man, are not successful. Mm. So then I, I realized that you cannot talk about what you are not. You cannot talk about what you have not experienced. You cannot talk mm-hmm. about the truth and authenticity. Yes. So I then, I then said, I need to sort my life out. I need to, to be the example of the story that I'm telling. Hmm. So I went and I rebuilt my life and I built businesses and I and I achieved some measure of success. And once I had done that, 
I felt that I had earned the credibility to stand in front of people and share with them my story and some principles that I've learned along the way, which I believe could empower those people to also find their voice and their journey and do something that they were born to become. And that's, that's how my journey began. And, and the fascinating thing is, when I started, the question was, how do I start, you know, and where do yeah, I go? Yeah, it was kind of a very, very funny thing, you know, and I decided, okay, I could do schools and churches and those kind of places. Hmm. But still at that, at that time, I mean, South Africa was still in that kind of space, you know. Oh, we, and actually we were shift, we shifted into the new environment. Mm-hmm. But motivational speaking or speaking was still seen as a domain for white people, you know, black people were never speaking. There yeah. was one or two top speakers in the country, Abna Murir and David Malap, and both of them were never in the country all the time. I know. So they were the biggest yeah. benchmark that yeah. we had to look through. And, you know, I started old school, took tapes, learned from the tapes, and practice like crazy, you know, mm-hmm. and, and just learned the craft and learned the craft. And in 1998, I quit my job. And I said, you know what? I'm going to do this full time. Mm. And I remember when I quit my job, it was a bit of a, a misnomer in my family because I was married. I had, I had, a, I had uh, two kids and the job that I was working, you know, I had a company car and all these trappings. And my parents didn't understand what I was doing. And, you know, there was a meeting. What are you doing? I said, no, I'm going to go become a speaker. And my father said, so what do speakers do? I said, no, speakers speak. And they said, and then what happens? And I said, we get paid. And my father said, I don't understand. I've been speaking for over 40 years and nobody pays me. What makes you think they're going to pay you? You know? So it was kind of that kind of funny story. Yeah. And, and the fascinating thing is, the saddest thing about it is the people that were closer to me who I thought would support and understand my journey and my vision just said to me, listen, Charlie, you're crazy. Mm. Go and get another job. You, you know, who's going to pay you for what? Because the truth is I had no, you know, I did not have the kind of education that people wanted me to have. And my success was not as great at that time as it would be later on. But here's one thing that I knew. And this I read, and most people know it in many times, mm. that there's nothing as powerful as an idea whose time has come. So my time had arrived for me to go into the world and to touch and transform people's lives. And just that one great why. And and for me was, why am I doing this? You know, Mm, mm, mm. why shouldn't I be a bricklayer, be an accountant? Why was I wanting to speak? Well, I've realized this one common thing that at that time, people, you know, were just going into democracy and people were sort of lost in the, in the kind of system, not knowing where to find themselves, how to make things happen. And I realized that, you know, each and every one of us has a message to, to give. And mm-hmm. if your message can inspire just one person in a group of 20 to 30, then you have really, you know, contributed to society. So for me, it was about how can I take this gift that I believe I had mm-hmm. and time and, and people proved that, you know, you really have the gift. But how could I take it and make sure that it goes to, be, to people that can use it and transform their lives? And mm. that's how I started. You know? But but now you're saying something very interesting. That is, I mean, um, that your people that you expected for them to support mm. you didn't support mm. you. Why is it that you can, uh, even on social media, you can say, um, I just started um, my, a business and you get three likes. Three likes. You say I've got the next promoted. Thing, then you <laughs> said, I just got a job or I just you got promoted. Then you have 1,000 likes. And, 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 I mean, someone, a wise man once said, if ever you wanna, um, if ever you wanna see who really supports you, start a business and you'll see. Yeah. Well, I think it's, it's, we, we live in a society that is highly negatively projected. Mm-hmm. So we live in a society where p- belief is non-existent. So people don't believe that it is possible to shift from one circumstance to the other. Oh, yeah. Yes. You know, they're, they're still trapped in the sense that they, they believe that it's a preserve of a certain amount of people in society, mm. that we've got to do certain things to move ahead. I think we live in a society where which, when you are that bold to proclaim, mm-hmm. you're basically challenging them softly that they're not living what they're supposed to be living. Mm. So that projection, it becomes, it hits them so hard that the only defense that they have is to become negative towards you. Because they also know that they are not living the kind of lives that they should be living. Sure. Most people know that what they, I mean, research will tell you over 80% of people that wake up and mm-hmm. go to work, they hate their jobs. Why? Because they went there because, you know, somebody told them to go. Mm-hmm. Now they are there. They've got debts to pay. So they know what their dream is, but they cannot pursue that dream oh, because yes. they have to leave this kind of comfort zone. And when they see you doing that, it sort of feels like, oh my God, I should be doing that, but I cannot do it because I've got a book of excuse that I've written. And here's this young man is bold. So the only thing that I can do instead of encouraging him or her, I'm going to discourage them because I want them to stay like me until we all die. Hmm. Yeah, no, it's, it's actually power. I mean, um, Jackie, you, you, you are a social media, um, specialist. 
And 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 why is it that when somebody saying they are employed, um, they get a thousand likes? And when I say that I've start, I've just started my business, I get three likes. You know, this is a question that's close to my heart as well, because a lot of the online marketing that I've been involved with has been for entrepreneurs and for entrepreneurial movements. And to honestly, I believe it's that. I mean, I've even experienced it in my own family where I've had family members say to me, you know what, maybe you should just get a job (laughs) at Mm -hmm. different points in time when things have been tough. But at the end of the day, I really, I agree with Billy. It comes down to the fact that the perception is that, um, you know, it's tough out there. And if you go into business for yourself, do you know that 88% of businesses, new businesses fail? We, we, we hear all this, this kind of negative messaging and it influences people's perception. But there's a, a flip side to every coin. And the flip side to every, to, to the coin of entrepreneurship and startup businesses is that although so many in the beginning fail, 90% of second time businesses succeed. And that's a, that's a counter statistic that we don't often hear about. So I think, I think it's about perception, as Billy said, but I also think that it's, it's a lack of knowledge. You know, people don't really know. And the walk in being a business owner is really about persistence mm-hmm. and it is about failing. I've, I've got a failed business or two under the belt myself, but it's about getting back up. Mm-hmm. And trying again, as Billy said, he he tried lots of things, and and I think it it is about um, having that that thing in you, whatever it might be. It's a motivation, it's a desire to try new things, to push the envelope, to not be afraid to fail, because mm-hmm. if you want to succeed, you can't be scared of failing, and it doesn't mean you're not afraid. You know, somebody said to me recently, being brave isn't the absence of fear. It's, it's being afraid and acting in spite of Absolutely. it. So, Absolutely. So you might be afraid to start a new business or to step out or to take certain actions, but it, it's courageous when you act in spite of those fears. Hmm. So now, um, yeah, no, it's, 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 it goes back to, to, to the question of, of, of fear. But Elani, maybe let me ask, um, coming back to you, I mean, you're ranting, um, you are a speaker. And, and, and when was that point when now you started get being, uh, getting paid for what you do? Cause, cause I think the problem with, with us, I mean, I mean, I've, I've realized, um, now, I mean, everyone wants to be a speaker, but now it gets to that point where you need to start monetizing, um, that gift. You know, I think maybe, and that this like, and it must be the one that answers that. Yes, actually. <laughs> <laughs> at which point, what was, at which point and what was the tipping point? Because I think that the biggest thing for me, sometimes I want a way out. Mm-hmm. Do I charge? Don't I? Because mm. sometimes I feel like I need to put a bit of mileage on the brand. Yeah. And sometimes you've got the, you, you risk the fear of not being utilized or booked to speak. Mm-hmm. And maybe your brand might not have been, might not have been even exposed. Because I think we fall prey to people who say, no, come speak. Because if you can't speak, you don't know who you'll be exposed yes, to. And maybe yeah. they might I take think, you to uh, the next uh, You level. know, even now as a professional speaker, I still have the same kind of quagmire where company X says, listen, come and speak, but our budget is this much. Now, you've got to ask yourself this one question. What do you do? You're a speaker. Hmm. What do speakers do? They speak. They speak. Now, the question is, do you rather not get paid the whole day or get paid 65 to 70% of what you're worth, but be in front of an audience, learn lessons on that day, touch and transform people's lives, and within that audience, there's a, there's a chance, over 50% chance, that somebody's going to know somebody who will relay their message and you'll get booked. I'll give you an example. I once, you know, had a client call me and we had long arguments on the phone because I knew they're a big company for the money, you know. But hey, we don't have budgets, we don't have budgets. Then I called this guy who's a guy that I, I, I bounce ideas from. I said, listen, these guys are calling me, they're big ones, they've got the money, but they don't want to pay me. So what do you say? And we had a lot of different scenarios, but it, it hit me so hard. When we then got to a place where <clears throat> we now call the 18 million equation. Okay. Now the 18 million equation is a fascinating equation. Over 18 million people in this country receive grants. 
Sir, over please, 18 million. Could I please pause you? I need to record this. <laughs> what? what you to put it on social media. Or you want to do a video of it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm. So over 18 million people in this country receive grants. For whatever reasons. So if I'm going to go today and speak at an organization and cut my fee by 20-25%, the reality is I'm still better off than over 18 million people in this country. So you can't take that for granted. Hmm. You can't move into a space of complacency because you've got to consistently move into a space of an attitude of gratitude. You know, you've got to balance your absolute commerciality and the thankfulness of the fact that what you earn, it's inconceivable in other people, in over 18 million people's minds. Hmm. You know, sometimes when people say, oh, you speak, how much you get paid? It's kind of a a, a tough, I don't want to answer that question because I remember I once answered this question and I could see this person was, it was unbelievable. That is like for one hour. It was like, yo, yo, you know, and I, I understand, you know, where this person came from. So you've got to be in front of people, you know, you've got to do what it takes. I mean, as we speak today, you know, there's, there's all kind of association, Rotary, Lion Club, Panel Beaters Association, and all these guys have got meetings every day. Mm-hmm. And they don't have speakers, but you don't know who goes there. And at, at this point in time, this big company that wanted to reduce my fee, that we eventually agreed. However, I put a bit. Of, I put some conditions on top. You can't say this to anybody. You, you make them sign stuff, you know, and you find a way to sneak in books and whatever to recover the cost. But in this particular instance, I, you know, after I had this conversation and this realization, I said, you know, I'm going to go and do this, but I'm not going to do it for the CEO or the HR lady that just negotiated this fee. I'm going to do it for the employees of this organization because I believe if I can go in and connect with them and teach them the knowledge that I have, somebody's life will change. If one person's life changes in that day, in that conference, my, 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 you know, I've done my job. Now, here's a kicker. One person in, this, in, that, in that audience was a wife of a CEO of a big multinational. Mm. And this lady came, tears rolling down her face, and she said, I have never had somebody that spoke to me so directly. I'm going to get my husband to call you. You've been amazing. And she left. I'm thinking, oh, my husband called me. Who would be the husband? Mm. Five days after, I got a call from this office. At a meeting. I want to know who's this husband. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you that. <laughs> so, and then the PA said, my boss just wants to see you, blah, blah, blah. I said, okay, I'm going to, you know, says, please, he's going to be flying. Can you meet him at the airport? So I went and I met him at the airport. This guy says, you know what? Me and my wife, we had to talk about business. But the day you, she had you speak and she came home, I said, I had to see this guy, you know. <laughs> and this guy says, listen, I'm away for two weeks, whatever, but when I come back, we're going to have a road show around the country. You know, would you like to come? I said, well, yes. And I got paid to do 22 keynotes around the country at my full fee. Hmm. You, you understand? So you've got to always be in front of an audience. Yeah. But now, you, you see, you see that you, you sp- you're speaking upgrade now. You're speaking, you're speaking, <laughs> you, 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 you're speaking fear reduction. Mm-hmm. Right now, uh, I'll make an example. I'm sitting with a professional that's trying to get, uh, that, that speaks, that's trying to get, to, to get paid. Mm-hmm. So from the beginning, how do you start now realizing, okay, now I can start getting paid for what I do? And how do you start attaching value to say, now I charge 5,000, I charge 10,000, I charge 20,000? Well, you do market research. Okay. You find out the people that speak exactly the same subject with you, mm-hmm. who are the top 10, and how much are they getting paid? Because it's not a secret. It's not a secret how people how much people are getting paid. You find out how much they're getting paid. You look at their their record. You mm. look at the testimonials. What are people saying about them? What are corporate saying about them? Mm. And if your testimonials, because one of the things that I say to speakers, if people says, "Oh man, this was a great thing," no, everybody says it was a great thing. Say to them, "Would you mind writing an email and tell me how you experienced it?" Wow. And people, everybody is a good speaker. Oh, he was amazing. He was hilarious. No. People want value. He came in, our sales were low, he worked with us, he touched our minds, we transformed, we saw sales going up from 5% to 13%. You want those kind of solid uh, testimonials because mm-hmm. people buy numbers. People don't buy emotions that are just flurry. People want to know, you came, you transformed, but what are the numbers saying? Did you shift the numbers, yes or no? And if you have shifted, you've shifted the numbers enough, that in itself, it's value attached to it. Mm. So you can look at, you know, the guy charges this much, this one... Charge this much, I've got to come in the middle. And you come in that middle, and you become steadfast that this is my fee based on these testimonials and based on what I've done. Hmm. And I can promise you that people will pay you. But here's the deal. People pay what you believe they will pay. Hmm. People don't pay you what you're worth. People pay you what you believe you're worth. 
Mm. Okay, you need to repeat that again. <laughs> People don't pay you what you're worth. People pay you what you believe you're worth. How much do you believe you're worth? And that sense of belief transcends itself or transforms itself to the decision-making process of the person that you're negotiating with. Mm. It's as simple as that. Yeah. I mean, that is like, and I was telling my friends how, uh, how much I get paid an hour to, to speak, mm. you know. They were shocked. Like, That's a lot of money. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's, it's so little. I still need to, 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 to up my game, yep. you know, and, 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 and reach a, a certain bar. Mm. I mean, um, how, how much do you get paid now? <laughs> <laughs> like you said, it's not a secret. It's, it's secret. public. I get yeah. paid, I get paid 40,000 40, an hour. 40,000 an hour, yeah. you see. Jackie, when did you start getting paid? <laughs> when did I start getting paid? Mm. Do you know, it's taken me, the journey that uh, Billy's described now is one that has taken me seven years to get to a point where I've said, you know what? I am going to get paid what I'm worth, what I believe I'm worth, as he said, because I did a lot of stuff in the early days of my business plenty of things besides workshops and training mm-hmm. for free. Mm-hmm. And it was a wealth mindset that really needed to be developed in me that that's not how you're going to actually accomplish anything. So I've, I've really had a, a lot of a, a, a spiritual journey, really. And it's it's because being a teacher, I've always wanted to help people. So this motivation to help people has in many instances superseded the drive to, to make money. Uh, it's been that's been a secondary thing, and I think to a large extent with me it still is. But at a point I realized, no, I'm giving so much value. There's value in what I'm doing, mm. and people are happy to pay for value. And and when that light went on in my head, everything turned around for me, and I, I really then started making my mark. Mm. And so now I charge for my workshops and and to come and do talks, obviously pertaining to the subject matter that I'm. Uh, proficient in and what what Billy says is is quite true you know once you've done a few and you've got good reviews I like to do a survey an anonymous survey after a workshop or a talk and to get feedback anonymously via digital means from the participants because you know people are um it, I, obviously you do ask for testimonials or referrals when you when you communicate with somebody directly and they're happy to sign it and put their name on it but I find you get the most honest responses when it's when it's just anonymous and people feel they can really answer and say what they thought and the reviews have been fantastic and and that's that's not me blowing my own horn that's me measuring and doing quality control on what I've delivered to say okay People are seeing the value. And, um, yeah, so I would say in the last two years, I've, I've begun doing that. And really, really something I enjoy. I think if you're passionate about what you're talking about, that also comes across. And, um, you know, that that is transferred to the crowd. They, they catch your fire, so mm. to speak. And I think that's something that is absolutely crucial. But more than that, Developing your speaking skill. There is technique. There are things. I found um, getting tips from, from Andy Harrington, for example, watching his online training, going through that. Um, you could join Toastmasters. These are, these are things that business owners can do to help them up their game in the boardroom. And if they're going to deliver subject matter as a, as a business service offering, then I would say, make sure that you up your game. Make sure that you polish your skills. And and um, if you're passionate about your subject matter and your knowledge is thorough, then the only missing ingredient is to really be sure that when you stand in front of a room, you can you can really hold the attention of the people in the room and um, make the connection with them that they need to to say, hey, but but you know, he or she. I know what they're talking about. I can relate to that. Yes. Okay. And 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 that gives you more of a of a sway in a room full of people than than just the knowledge that you're transferring to them. Hmm. No, it's actually interesting what you're saying. I mean, you spoke of fire. Um, I mean, let me take this back to Ntadesilikan. Ntadesilikan, right now, I mean, we we're living in a country where there's all these young people. Um, you know, it makes me sad that sometimes some of them don't want to go to school. They don't want to get themselves empowered, you know, and, and, and they want to be speakers. 
um, all of a sudden they're motivational speakers and whatever. And right now, well, it's, I, almost, it's almost like being a pastor. You need a tent and a few pictures and call yourself <laughs> an apostle. It's okay, you know, <laughs> and nobody asks you any question. It's kind of strange because everybody's uh, got a calling to become an apostle and they've got a big hey. white tent and they've got pictures hey. and suddenly they, so they like give a prophecy. So it's the same like the speaking industry. But what I like about Jackie, she said it took seven years. Now, Malcolm Gladwell in the book Outliers talks about the 10,000 hour rule. Says for you to be real, a real expert in whatever you do, you've got to go through 10,000 hours. And that's exactly seven years. Now, the truth is the top 20% speakers globally mm. have done over 10,000 hours. That's why they're within the top 20. So here's the fascinating thing. You know, there's the, there's everybody speaking. It's a big blah, blah, and blah. And it's starting to lose value somehow. How, no, but there is a, there is always a definition or a divider. Okay. Now there's a, there's a global qualification called CSP. Hmm. Certified speaking professional. Less than 10% of the world's total speaking population has that qualification. It is a sort that cuts, you know, that really is a great divider. Now in, 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 in the continent of Africa, we've got about, I think about 11 uh, CSPs, you know. So for, for guys like Bulelan and you, mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you now that five years from now, Actually, even less than five years from now, great organizations are going to want to know your bona fides. They're not going to pay you the amount of money that you think you, you, you deserve while you cannot show that you, be, you are a credible speaker. Because people stand on stage and say the most ridiculous thing. Oh, people are multimillionaires. People have done this. And, and, and things that, unfortunately, our society is not very high on validation. Because, you know, I hear yeah, young, that a, is young, so true. a young man comes to me and says he speaks about wealth. I say, oh, really cool. So are you wealthy? He says, no, but I've read, uh, rich dad, poor dad. Uh, I'm thinking, are you serious? And you, my friend, speak about wealth. So <laughs> eventually there has to be, and this process has begun globally, that your bona fides have to be tested. Because I'm telling you now, the 10,000 rule, it's not going to change for anybody. That's, That's why the top that is like, I, need to, I need to shake your hand for this one. I need to shake your hand for this one. <laughs> Jake, remember our discussion when I was saying to you, there's nothing that pisses me off. You find some speaker that says, I'll teach you how to make a million. And he says, how, how, how much, how many millions have you made yourself? Yeah. And, and only to find out that they've, they've not made even a hundred thousand. They've not made even 50,000. So they're going to be teaching you about something they've read on Google or something that yeah. they've seen someone else do, you know? And, and, and for me, I think it's, it's, it's those things that, that actually drop the value. Um, of this business. And that's why you find now, I mean, it's, it's, it's important to specialize and know the value yep. that you're giving people. You've so got that, an expert. Yes. No, de- de- it, it, it's definitely true. Mm-hmm. And it's a very, it's a very thin line. And, and I understand. And that is like, you hold the qualification that you're the only one that you have in our country. Yeah. There's 11 of us. I'm the only black guy that has it, you know. So <laughs> I'm doing the first black man thing here. You know, I'm riding on this thing. I'm not. <laughs> But there's 11 CSPs in this country and the number is increasing mm. because these are people that realize that how do I differentiate? It's true. And you know, some companies will go and get some little guy from Hamans Kral and then they say, no, but somebody, the, the quote is quoting us 5,000. I say, you know what? In Africans, they say, Hood Coop is Dir Coop. I say, oh, really? Yeah. He's quoting you 5,000. Please go and use him and come back to me after I mess up. I'm going to charge you double what I'm charging you now. Mm. <laughs> and that's a fact. You know what I'm trying to say? Mm. You've got companies that, and I say to people, this is how much I'm worth. I'm like, you know, uh, Barack Obama, I don't negotiate with terrorists. I'm non-negotiable. <laughs> this is my fee. You know, I say to people, if your budget is, allows you to drive a Volkswagen, don't wish for a Bentley until you can afford the, 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 the you know, mm. the budget of a Bentley. Mm. It's as simple as that. Mm. And people think you only stand for an hour. We research topics. You customize your topics based on the industry. You find out what's happening. So I'm not charging you for the one hour. I'm charging you for the 8 to 12 to 14 hours that I need to do research to make sure that I deliver the content that is relevant to your organization that can be, give impact. I'm not charging you for the one hour. I'm not. I'm charging for that. I'm charging for the 18 years. I'm charging for the amount of money that I spend on coaches, my travel around the world, learning so that I could stand in front of your people and give them value that they can take and implement in the organization. That's what I'm charging you for. It's as simple as that. Hmm. Uh, Jackie, where are female speakers? We don't see female speakers in this business. Um, there's, there's very few of you guys. Where, where are you guys hiding? <laughs> I think there are a number of very good female speakers, actually, but definitely not enough just like in in mo- across most industries women are often still mm-hmm. not quite featured where they could be or in in some people's opinion should be but i think that um 
I just want to tie into what Billy said there by, by saying yes. When we stand up, when I stand up in front of a room full of people and I teach them what I know, it's not coming from time spent in a university or reading books. Yes, plenty of your knowledge is learned on the job and, and it does come from a certain amount of research and reading and self-teaching. But the majority of it is from experience. Mm. You know, there's no school like the school of hard knocks and experience and, and, and finding things out the hard way. It's a, it's a hard teacher, but the best lessons are learned. And, um, I, I mean, I, I don't know about, the, I don't belong to any of the speaker organizations because, as I say, my focus is more on training workshops specifically. Mm -hmm. But I know that there are agencies, and I've actually watched a number of talks, uh, particularly ones on sales, a woman by the name of Shelley Walters, I've watched her. Um, and, and I think there are a lot of upcoming women speakers, but it's something that needs to be developed. And, and we really need to see the skill set being encouraged. Like what Billy's talking about, having that gold standard, having a CSP qualification. Now you're talking professional. Now you can honestly say, I am a professional speaker. Absolutely. And we need to be encouraging our young people and our ladies to to get qualified, you know, to hone those skills. I think there's a desperate need for it mm. um, because there's so many different niches. I can come and speak to you about social media, but there's in every single industry there are um, speakers required because that transfer of knowledge and 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 the the um, the, the experience that gets imputed to an audience through a good speaker who can tell their story and really share their their experience, that's invaluable. You know? hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, um, JQ, we, we're actually running out of time. We're going to be closing off the show uh, in not so long. But now, if I were to say right now, there's someone that is listening. Um, I mean, there's me, there's Ntatepili, there's uh, Bulalani here that, that obviously are in this business. If ever you'd give us a social media tips today, what would you say? I would say it is a marathon, not a sprint. There is a huge focus on social networks to build the biggest following. And yes, everybody wants to have more eyeballs on the content that they're sharing. But what I would like to emphasize is that social media is called social media because it's about relationships, whether you are representing your personal brand or your business brand. When you get onto social media, even if you're only spending a half an hour a day on social media, build relationships. It's about giving back. It's about reciprocating. And that law of reciprocation, if you employ that on social networks, you will grow your following automatically a lot faster than if you come online and all you do is say, listen to me, look at me, it's all about me, because you don't want to be that person um, at the dinner party. So share generously, give generously, and you're going to see that come back to you. And, and I mean, that's a, that's a principle that applies across the board, not just on social media. Mm. No, it's actually interesting. And that is, would you say there's some good relationships that you've gained uh, from social media? Yes, there are, because, you know, social media does not replace the human contact. And social media is not about I'm eating breakfast on top of a mountain and, you know, it's not about that. Social media is about giving people content that wow. can empower them and transform them. Yes. And we're living in, a, in, a, in an environment where people want to know if you're an authority or not you're speaking about. Mm -hmm. And social media is one of the platforms that you can use to connect with people and give them your content. So your social media, when people open your Facebook, teach people, give people information that shifts them and moves them to the next stage. Because here's the truth. People don't care how many watches you have, how flesh your car is. People care about what is it or what is it what content can you give them to shift their life to the next level that's what people want from you hmm. yeah i know it's actually interesting Bulena, have you had some good networks come out of social media no man definitely i mean connecting with people all the time and i think just taking from what Sintadebili was just talking about right now just always adding value and impacting people give people content and you'll see it being reciprocated yeah but i mean there's something cool just one minute Mm -hmm. That that Billy is starting That I'd love for him to just speak about I don't know if it's still under wraps But it's super amazing It's the first in South Africa I want to hear that It's that be the, almost the first in the world <laughs> <laughs> I hope so Okay Let me tell you the, 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 Well what's happening is We're launching what's called GCTV Global Conference Television 
It's, a, it's an online learning platform where we're going to focus on top-end conferences from around the world, top speakers, coaches, and subject matter experts. And our market focus is Middle East and Africa. And why is it Middle East, Middle East and Africa? Because the content that I, you have, that I have, that you have, the people that need it the most are those that cannot afford to get it. So that is so true. So we've, yeah. we've taken it upon ourselves to go and search for the content, put it in our platform, and give it to people in Africa. And the vision is to change the world, but to begin by changing Africa first. Because I realize that most people in Africa are not poor because of anything else. They are poor because systematically the system has been created to make people desperate. But now, with the advent of technology, people have got smartphones. So everybody has a smartphone who's got access to the Internet can consume this content. So we're okay. doing a, we did a pilot. We've had about 320,000 go through the system in, in March. We're closing the pilot on Thursday. And then on the 23rd of April, we're launching the new front end, which is going to be what we take onto the market. And we're quite excited that uh, will be able to touch and transform people's lives in Africa by giving them access to this top content. So guys like you will also feature in the in the top content because the first three months will be giving VOD, which is video on demand. But from July, we'll be running live video streaming from the from, from our studios. Hmm. I own hmm. a, I own a television production company, so we we, we need to talk. We Absolutely. could be doing some of the production. Yeah. And Jackie, you'll be doing social media, right? I am currently working on an online safety program as well. Because obviously working in digital, being a mother and a teacher, I am very passionate about the role that online safety plays mm. and keeping people safe online in the space. And it, it really extends beyond just uh, password protection and avoiding email, phishing scams, etc., etc. There's a lot more to it than that. And so I'm actually currently also working on content in that vein. And, um, yeah, it sounds like there's a lot of exciting things on the go, but very much coming all from that same place where it's to empower people yeah. with knowledge through this information economy that we've got at our fingertips. No, definitely. No, thanks a lot for joining us, Jackie. We'll be definitely touching base with you next week. All right. It's been a pleasure and really great listening. Thanks very much for having me. No, definitely. Um, Dr. Silicon, let me take this opportunity to give uh, give you 30 seconds to speak to someone that is listening out there. What would you say to that person today? I'd say that each and every one of us has a story to tell, but not all of us, our stories will move people, you know? But if you have a story to tell and you believe that you can inspire people, go out there and learn the craft, you know? Invest your time and your money in finding somebody to teach you. The best school you can start at is Toastmasters. But here's the deal. It takes 20 years to become an overnight success. Nobody who starts today will become a great speaker by December. It's not going to happen. It's, it's not lotto or, or, you know, tenders. This is not a tender system where your cousin's going to give you a tender and suddenly you're this great speaker. Mm. Invest in yourself and be, you know what, guys? When you're standing on stage, people listen to every word you say and they take it very seriously. Be honest and authentic. Don't stand on stage and say things that are not true. Mm. There's nothing as said as people looking at you having this massive impression which is not true. Yeah. Because ultimately the truth has a funny way of sneaking up on people. So be authentic and be truthful. No, definitely. No, thanks a lot, Dr. Silicon, for your time and thank you for coming to the studio today. It's a pleasure. No. Thank you very much. No, definitely. Uh, Bulelani, quickly, uh, you having tea on Saturday. Do you want to quickly tell us the, um, the details to where? Can yeah, you keep um, we, we're having tea, which is an entrepreneurial and leadership development platform in Tembisa, mm -hmm. 23rd of April, this Saturday with Debochama 40. In fact, just go to joinusfortea.co.za. Joinusfortea.co.za, you're going to get all the info. It is free, free, free. Okay, join us for t.co.za. What am I saying? Until you value yourself, you will not value your time. Until you will value your time, you will not value anything you do. Spend your time wisely doing something that grows you and that adds value to others. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Debo Homafodi. This is all that we had today for you right here on Cliff Central. The name of the show is 360 Pills. Catch us again next time, same place, same time with another exciting coverage of another exciting business with an interesting entrepreneur. I'm out. Cliff Central. The revolution. I've got something important to tell you. Cliffcentral.com.